Welcome into The Fade. I'm Clay Travis. He's Todd Furman and we are here to hopefully make you some money as we get ready for another great weekend of college football and NFL action. Let's go ahead and bring in Todd Furman. Tonight's game is a mess because of all the injury-related issues particularly with Baker Mayfield. Broncos started off the season 3-0. They have lost three in a row. Browns came in with aspirations, hopes, and dreams of winning the AFC North. They are now a couple of games back in the AFC North behind the Ravens who have caught fire. Furman, with Baker Mayfield out, with Case Keenum in, how in the world do you figure out how to bet this game? I'll tell you right off the top what I am doing. I am playing the under 40 and a half is the most recent number I have seen. I know you're 41-ish. There's numbers around that area. What do you do for Thursday night football week 7 action? Well, first things first, with your under, you're going to have Mother Nature working in your favor as well. It looks like there'll be some wind and rain in that Cleveland forecast as we've grown accustomed to during October. So I think it could completely neutralize any vertical passing game elements that both of these teams might want to employ. You mentioned Baker Mayfield's absence, and I think if it was just Baker Mayfield being out, this is a gross overreaction from the betting market because anyone who watched Baker over the last couple of weeks, I know it was his non-throwing shoulder that he had the torn laborman, but he was inaccurate. He was ineffective. The decision-making looked like he had regressed back to his rookie or sophomore campaign, and I think there were some real causes for concern for this Cleveland offense. Baker earlier this week, I mean, he came out and said, hey, I'm going to be out there if I can. Suddenly, Baker is ruled out and in comes a veteran in Case Keenum to take over. More importantly for the Browns, Jarvis Landry expected to go. And I think that absence in and of itself has really been the Achilles heel for this Cleveland passing game because you look at Baker, he was wildly erratic. Last week, didn't have Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt went out of that game early. And I think the real question for Cleveland, how are they going to deal with a makeshift offensive line? I think Jake Hance is expected to start at right tackle. Not the ideal matchup against Vaughn Miller. So for me, it's such a difficult game to handicap. I think as the number continues to trend towards pick, it makes sense to back Cleveland here. I can understand where you're coming from with the under. Uh, But to be quite honest, probably not a game I'm going to mess with uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app before we go to kickoff. All right, let's go into some of this college football. Before I get into college football action, do you think my Braves will finally get it done? And this year, after having the 3-1 series lead, they would have gotten the sweep if they hadn't given up the three-run homer to Cody Bellinger. How much of a favorite do you think the Braves should be? Tonight, we've obviously got a game uh, with uh, an opportunity for a win in terms of Max Freed on the mound. He's an LA native. Would be a big deal to go ahead and close things out in Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. Otherwise, coming back home for Game 6 and Game 7. What happens in this series? How substantial of a favorite do you think the Braves should be? And do you factor in at all what happened last year when they had this exact same scenario through the first four games of the NLCS? You know, you mentioned history repeating itself, but I think that Braves team learned an awful lot because to get over the hump, sometimes you have to have your heart broken. And for Atlanta to even be in this position, I think is a tremendous credit to what this roster has done without their, you know, key linchpin, so to speak, and Ronald Acuna Jr. hitting in the leadoff spot. You watch game three and the Braves blow a 5-2 lead. The Dodgers rally for the first time in the eighth inning or later from a three-run deficit. And you think, oh, here we go again. Atlanta is going to find a way to spit the bit. Uh, But you get a great performance. They go out there, scratch across a couple early runs against Julio Urias and are able to play on their front foot. 
You talk about Max Freed being from the Southern California area. The Dodgers still haven't even named a starting pitcher for this game, yet are $1.35 favorite. The Braves, as far as series prices, you're talking about minus $4.50, meaning put up $4.50 to make a dollar. I think Atlanta would be best served to go out there and slam that door shut. Don't give the Dodgers even the slightest hint of life because the one thing the Dodgers will have working in their favor, the way it's set up, Max Scherzer waiting in the wings for game six if it gets there. And then, of course, Walker Bueller for game seven, should it go that far. But I love what I've seen from this Braves team. They kind of rallied around the injuries to win the division. They've been the hottest team in baseball. And I would not be stunned at all if we're talking about Atlanta moving on to the Fall Classic winning this series in five. What do you think about the Astros and the Sox? Would you make the Astros a substantial favorite now sitting a 3-2 series lead as they head back to Houston, I believe? Yeah, I mean, they are as far as the odds are are concerned, but I don't rule out this Red Sox team at all. I mean, they've shown a level of resilience. I think the last two games have to be pretty disappointing. And when you look at Cora and some of his in-game decisions, We've seen it countless times so far this postseason that you just can't bring your best arm in and expect a starter to come in in a high leverage relief situation. We could say what we want about Nathan Avaldi getting shaved in a curveball that probably would have ended the inning uh, when you look at game four with the Red Sox having a chance to win it in Fenway and take a commanding 3-1 series lead. But alas, here we are. I mean, Houston without Lance McCullers, there's nothing you can rely on as far as their starting staff is concerned. Uh, And I really believe we're destined for a game seven between Houston and Boston. One thing I can tell you, though, Clay, uh, I know you and the Travis family are going to be ecstatic if Atlanta goes to the World Series. But I can't imagine a lot of the suits around the Fox offices, whether they're in (laughs) L.A. or New York, are hopeful that it's the Houston Astros against the Atlanta Braves in a best-of-seven showdown. Uh, All right, let's go to Monday Night Football here for a minute before we go into college football in the NFL. Fabulous environment. Uh, My oldest son was so convinced that the Bills were going to win that he wouldn't even go. So I had my fifth grader and my first grader there with me. What, if anything, did we learn about the Titans and the Bills in that fantastic Monday Night Football 34-31 Good guys, Tennessee Titans win over the bad guys, the Buffalo Bills. Well, first things first, that your oldest son needs to watch this show because I told him that the game was going to be competitive from start to finish. We don't encourage underage gambling, but every now and again, you can kind of read some of the tea leaves. And that also all of our viewers should double down anytime you're advocating for a bet against your Tennessee Titans. But in terms of the X's and O's out there, uh, you have to give the Tennessee Titans defense a ton of credit because that's a game that could have been 14-0 early. And I don't think the Titans are able to come back from that kind of deficit if Josh Allen is leading the Bills down the field, scoring touchdowns instead of, instead of settling for red zone field goals. Then, of course, you get the big run from Derrick Henry and suddenly it was game on, here we go. I think when you look at this Titans team overall, there's no doubt they need their full complement of weapons. It looked like a much more dynamic offensive attack with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown out there because it takes some of the burden off Derrick Henry. I love what I saw from their ability to generate a bit of a pass rush. Um, You can talk about the fourth down play call from the Bills, but that's the Tennessee Titans getting in there to disrupt things on fourth and short as much as it is Josh Allen slipping down. My big concern going forward, though, is with this secondary. I mean, Christian Fulton finds himself on IR, their top cover corner. Suddenly, Caleb Farley, their first-round draft pick, uh, he's going to miss some time. And when you look at the matchup they're going to have on a short week against the Kansas City Chiefs, it would not leave me brimming with off, uh, optimism by any stretch of the imagination 
because for everyone that wants to talk about Kansas City having one foot in the grave being three and three, they're still number two in the league as far as total offense is concerned, only behind the Dallas Cowboys. And if they can cut down on some of the turnovers, self-inflicted, of course, as far as drops and poor decision-making from Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think it's going to be an uphill battle on Sunday with only six days to prepare for Tennessee to slow down this Chiefs high-powered octane off. All right, I said we'd go to college football, but it's actually a weak college football slate. No top 25 games. So I'm going to run through my picks. The OutKick six-pack, been kind of on a roll, right at 60% winners. Here are my picks. I already gave you one of them. The Broncos-Browns under tonight. Uh, Chiefs-Titans, I like the over in this game. Eagles-Raiders, I like the Raiders against the number right around three. Colts, I like the Colts plus the points at the 49ers. I like the Falcons uh, at Miami. I've got a minus two and a half. And then this one, Dub, my guy who's been on my radio show for years, thinks I'm an imbecile for taking this one. The number is all the way out to 17 and a half, Furman, on the Texans against Arizona. That's almost an unheard of number for an NFL matchup. I can't say no to 17 and a half points for the Texans even though obviously that is a monster number. So those are my six. Do any of those games jump out at you in particular? Do you like or dislike any of them? Well, we can start with the last one. I think the only way to look at that game is to back the Houston Texans catching those generous points. Now, it is worth noting that Houston was in a similar spot to this a few weeks ago, 17, 17 and a half point dogs and lost on the road in Western New York, 40 to nothing. Now, that was weather aided as much as anything else, but clearly the Texans weren't able to do much on the offensive side. However, the schedule, in my opinion, works in the Texans' favor here because Arizona comes into this game undefeated. We know they upset the Cleveland Browns last week. And then on Thursday night, a week from today, we have arguably one of the marquee games that we're going to get of the first few weeks of the NFL season. Arizona welcomes in the Green Bay Packers. And by all accounts, there should be one combined loss on the resumes for those two football teams. So would it shock me if Arizona goes out there Wins convincingly, but the Houston Texans have a chance to backdoor it. Uh, Absolutely not. It's dog or pass in this spot. The one game, though, that I have some major disagreement on is the Raiders and Eagles spot. I think when you look at the way the line moved last week against the Broncos, nobody wanted a part uh, of the Vegas Raiders. In the wake of their lethargic effort against the Bears, John Gruden, of course, relieved of his coaching responsibilities out here. And you have a special teams coordinator and Coach Bisaccia taking over. The Raiders use that as a rallying cry. Market goes from three to five. Denver, the dead nuts, wrong side. The Raiders, I don't even think the game was as close as the 34-24 final score indicated there. But here you are now. You've put a little bit more of your game plan on tape. Philadelphia has a chance with some extra days to prepare, and they'll have the services of Dallas Goddard back as he was removed from the COVID reserve list. Most likely, they're going to get Lane Johnson on their offensive line. Uh, And I want to see if the Raiders can replicate that level of emotion. So uh, this is a game that I'll disagree with. I'll take the Eagles plus the points in this spot. Uh, And when you mentioned Sunday night football, uh, this is a huge game as far as two teams that obviously had a lot that they wanted to accomplish this year. San Francisco comes in uh, off the bye. Jimmy Garoppolo expected to be under center. The Colts, their defensive backfield loses another key cog as Julian Blackman, I believe, tore his ACL earlier this week in practice. Uh, But that game could be an ugly watch because it looks by all accounts you're going to get a huge weather element playing a role there. I think it's an 85% chance of rain in the Bay Area, some wind, 
could be ugly. So I can see where you're coming from making a Colts, but uh, the biggest disagreement I have is on that Raiders-Eagles game. All right, anything in the NFL that I didn't give you with my OutKick six-pack, any major storyline that to you deserves to be explored or any bet that you particularly love in the NFL as we get ready for Week 7? I think the most underrated game on the board uh, is in the AFC North between the surprising Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, who now, at least as far as the standings are concerned, not only atop their division, but number one in the AFC. I mean, this is a Bengals team who has gone out there and taken advantage of a schedule that's played to some of their strengths. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is looking more and more confident by the week. And as critical as I was of Cincinnati taking a wide receiver at five in Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman that could have protected their franchise, I mean, Chase looks every bit the part of a truly elite wide receiver. I mean, numbers he's putting up as a rookie we haven't seen since Randy Moss. So uh, full credit to them. But this is a step up in class. This is a Ravens team who uh, dominated the Chargers last weekend. Their ground game not as dynamic with uh, three running backs closer to retirement than they are to the prime of their careers. But I think Baltimore is going to put some pressure on Cincinnati uh, as far as how the Bengals want to go out moving the ball. The Bengals play at an extremely slow pace. And I think Cincinnati can do some things to stymie Baltimore. So when you're looking at that game, I actually like the first half under the total at 22 and a half. Uh, all right, let's go to the college football slate. There's not a single game featuring a matchup of top 25 teams, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and in fact, we may have already had one of the most entertaining games with Coastal Carolina on the road against App State. I had the over. There were only three points scored in the fourth quarter. Not at all bitter about that. I looked like I was completely in the house there with a win. Uh, But three games that at least are somewhat intriguing to me. LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss around a nine and a half point favorite despite Matt Corral's overall health status unclear. Clemson at Pitt. Pitt is a three-point favorite. Clemson has not been an ACC underdog that I can remember in what feels like forever. And then Oregon at UCLA, UCLA around a two-point favorite. I am on UCLA, Pitt, and LSU this week. I'm taking LSU plus the points, Pitt and UCLA to cover. Agree or disagree with those picks? How would you assess uh, those matchups? Oh, well, the Clemson game, I I think, is fascinating for a variety of reasons. And to kind of put in historical context, the last time that Clemson was an underdog uh, against an ACC foe was back in 2016 when it was Deshaun Watson going head-to-head with Lamar Jackson. So it has definitely been a while. We'll see how the Tigers respond in this kind of spot. When you look at this number before the season from a game-of-the-year perspective, I mean, we would have been talking about Clemson a 17, 17 17.5-point favorite. So it's essentially a three-touchdown market correction given Clemson's offensive struggles and Pitt's surge uh, under Kenny Pickett's leadership. Problem for Clemson is when you look at some of their offensive outputs against FBS opponents, 21 or less in their five games, they of course broke out against South Carolina State. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh, and when you try and figure out what the Panthers have done, they haven't exactly taken on the most difficult slate uh, of ACC opponents by any stretch of the imagination. But when you see the one common opponent, Clemson slips by Georgia Tech 14-8 in a game that, you know, was broken up because of a a weather delay compared to Pittsburgh, who hangs 52 on the Yellow Jackets in that spot. But it's, again, one of those questions. Do you buy low on Clemson's stock, or do you believe they still have room to fall that much further? What I've been surprised by is that there's been a little bit of over money that's come into the market here, uh, and this may be a chance for a Pittsburgh team that's been blown out in back-to-back 
games against Clemson to exact that measure of revenge. So I don't see a case to be made for either side. Definitely going to be interested to watch as I want to see if Clemson can do anything offensively as they'll be a little bit healthier on their O-line. Uh, when you look at that old Miss LSU game, uh, I've kind of sworn off betting LSU games going forward. And, and the reason I say that is because I don't think I can quantify the mental state of this team, you know, week to week. They come out last week and, you know, upset Florida as nearly a two touchdown underdog in a game that was very real professional money that came in on the Gators that drove that price tag up. This week, you've seen the money come in on LSU amid the speculation that you alluded to, talking about Matt Corral and his availability. Will Ole Miss have enough in the tank to go out there and dominate uh, against a rival here? A, a game I probably don't want to tangle with. I'm curious to see, you know, how Coach O is a lame duck head coach continues to handle this team going forward. And as far as the Rose Bowl is concerned, the biggest storyline here will be Joe Moorhead being back on the sidelines for Oregon. The last two weeks, he hasn't been in the mix. He, you know, was the OC Friday night, last Friday against Cal, but called plays from the booth. And you could see how disjointed they were, getting some of their personnel groupings in. Mario Cristobal said they couldn't play with tempo. And for Oregon's loss against Stanford, you know, Moorhead had emergency surgery, so he wasn't with the team there. Curious to see if Chip Kelly can get his measure of revenge against Oregon and knock them out of even being a dark horse national you know, college football playoff contender. So for me, if that game got out to three, I'd make a case for Oregon, uh, but otherwise don't want to tangle. The one game I think that's intriguing for casual bettors when they look at the number, though, Clay, is the game taking place in Ames, where Iowa State will host Oklahoma State. Yep. And folks look at it and they go, well, Oklahoma State's undefeated. They're catching seven. How could this be possible? This is a game that'll make me look like a genius or a jackass, and typically I end up more in the latter category. Join the uh, club. I make Iowa <laughs> I, It's probably guilt by association. I'm not sure I was grouped in it being a jackass until I started working with you about 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, I make Iowa State a heavier favorite than even the market in this spot. When you look at their two losses, I mean, they dominated the stat sheet against Iowa, just were unable to execute. And even in the two-point loss against Baylor, they were significantly better than that 31-29 scoreline indicates. I mean, this is still a top 10 program as far as net yards per play. And what I mean there is from an offensive yards per play standpoint, they're significantly better than what they give up on the defensive side. And they've been great at containing explosive plays. I don't have a lot of confidence in Spencer Sanders consistently driving the football, you know, dinking and dunking his way to victory, you know, double revenge working in the Cyclones favor. And I think this is where Iowa State reminds us why they were picked by many to be in the thick of things as far as the college football playoff was concerned. A loss here would eliminate him from the Big 12 title race, at least for all intents and purposes. Uh, I think we get the best for Matt Campbell and company. I like the Cyclones to win this game by double digits. Uh, I am on the opposite side of that one. Not a big surprise. Here are my other uh, college football picks. So in other words, I'm on Oklahoma State. Northwestern plus the points at Michigan. Navy plus the points against Cincinnati. I'm taking the over, the numbers all the way down to 39 and a half, which is almost unheard of in a college football game. Wisconsin at Purdue. Uh, I just mentioned that I like Oklahoma State plus the points. I like BYU on the road against Washington State. Uh, I've already mentioned that I like UCLA, Pitt, and uh, let's see, I like Vanderbilt plus the points against Mississippi State. I like LSU, I just mentioned, and I'm taking Tennessee and South Carolina plus the points on the road against Alabama and Texas A&M respectively. Anything that jumps out at that list, uh, by the way, you can go check those out. I put them up, my college football picks, every single Wednesday uh, on OutKick. 
Um, when you look at the Tennessee game, uh, I'm going to be interested to see if it's Hendon Hooker under center or if it's Joe Milton. If it's Joe Milton, I would want no part of the underdog. Uh, but I do think the Vols can hang around and at least keep this game competitive. My number is a little bit shorter than what's being offered in the market. My biggest fear, though, is that if Tennessee's offense can't get going early and they're going to play at this high-octane pace, that that game could be 21-0 in the blink of an eye, uh, given all the energy Tennessee had to exert last weekend in their near miss against Ole Miss. So no qualms with uh, the side that you're betting there. South Carolina, Texas A&M, I mean, Zeb Nolan takes over for Luke Doty. I don't think it's a major change as far as an overall power profile is concerned, but I can see also going under the total, definitely correlated to the underdog. Uh, I think A&M's defense can clamp down and hold the Gamecocks in check, and I think South Carolina will at least be able to sell out and stop the run a bit more effectively than we've seen. When you look at the Michigan-Northwestern game, this one uh, is interesting for a variety of reasons because if Michigan's able to win, It'll set up a showdown against an undefeated in-state rival in Michigan State, I believe, the following week. So if Michigan were to get up three touchdowns, I can't imagine Coach Harbaugh is going to try and pile it on uh, against the Northwestern team that we've seen in the past be able to put forth uh, some pretty lively efforts. I just don't know if the horses are there. As far as Cincinnati and Navy, hey, I mean, you just need Navy to put up 10 to 14 points and hope they can put together a six- or seven-minute drive to shorten this thing. Uh, but clearly a far cry from what we've seen from Kenny Amatololo's program. Uh, in recent years. So for me, you know, I don't really uh, see major disagreement. I'm not on any of the same sides. Uh, I guess the biggest one that we're opposed on is that Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Anything, and by the way, I like the under in that Texas A&M game uh, against South Carolina as well. You mentioned it. I meant to mention that I like the under as well. Uh, Anything in the college football landscape other than those games we just ran through that stands out to you or that you're paying a great deal of attention to? Yeah, I mean, the main thing that that I'm really unhappy about is what the hell is going on from a scheduling standpoint? Yeah. The latest kickoff we have is 7.30 Eastern. You have no Mountain West showcase games. You have nothing in the Pac-12. And then, sure, if you want to count Hawaii, New Mexico State, I I mean, I guess you throw that in the mix. I'm trying to figure out why Nevada and Fresno State isn't the late game on on FS1 instead of being on FS2 nestled in to the mid-afternoon showcase, especially given everything that's at stake and arguably the best quarterback matchup especially as group of five programs are concerned there with Jake Hayner against Carson Strong. Uh, but one game in the Mountain West uh, between San Diego State and Air Force, uh, I like the Aztecs here plus the points. I think they win this game outright. Uh, I know San Diego State didn't score an offensive touchdown during regulation against San Jose State, a game they won in overtime. But they made a quarterback change. I think they're better in the trenches, both on the offensive and defensive line. And to be quite honest, the game means more to San Diego State. Air Force is in control in the Mountain Division. and A loss here wouldn't really do much to try and diminish those hopes given they have the tiebreaker at this point against Boise State. Meanwhile, a loss for San Diego State uh, would mean they were in must-win territory going forward because it appears it'll be a three-horse race between Fresno, Nevada, and San Diego State to come out of the Pacific. So that'd be a game in the group of five uh, that I would look to attack with the Aztecs plus the point. Todd Furman, this has been the fade. Let me say, uh, maybe you need to fade some of the awful hair on your body. That is quite a transition. If so, you can go to Manscaped. Whether you need to take care of your lower genital region, I know Todd Furman always does. He's got the lawnmower 4.0. Whether you need to take care of your nose and ear hairs, that is what we've got with the Weed Whacker. And maybe you just need an ultra smooth package for you and your family 
Uh, as we roll into the holiday season, it's fall. Don't fall for the wrong products because you can have a disaster. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code DBAP20 for 20% off all shipping and make sure that your nether regions are groomed appropriately. Go to manscaped.com hashtag DBAP20 for the code for 20% off and free shipping. Oh, by the way, Also, get your bets in. Connecticut, welcome to the online sports gambling universe. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, Colorado, and Arizona. I think I just hit all the states there. Go to fanduel.com slash clay. You get a $1,000 no-risk wager. That is fanduel.com slash clay. Furman, any parting words that you have for our audience? I mean, that is an extremely difficult act to follow. When you read uh, an ad like that as eloquently as humanly possible, there are really no words that I can say to help button up this show other than uh, wishing people a ton of luck with their wagers. I know you have a big event that you'll be attending on Saturday, so hopefully you enjoy that. I apologize for needing to decline that invitation, (laughs) uh, but I am the lone soldier here maintaining the home front because – my better half gets to go out there joyriding and gallivanting around as she's headed down to Austin for the F1 race. So I told her if she's able to land, you know, one of the 20 drivers on the grid, I would understand completely. Uh, I told her I'd be happy to pack her things up and she could have a better life than I'd ever be able to. There's no doubt at all. There's a lot of people she could end up with that she'd have a better life with than you'll ever be able to provide her. And my wife, you could say the same thing, but she's been locked in now for 17 years. Furman, we'll talk on Monday and break down all these bets. Good luck as always. FanDuel.com slash Clay. $1,000 no-risk wager. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.